You ready? Oh man, does anyone else miss football? I miss football a lot. <laughs> a lot right now. Uh, man, what an incredible offseason so far, guys. A lot to cover. And we are heading straight into draft season right now. And I am actually losing my mind over all the prospects I've been running into. It's so exciting. And it's so cool to see what kind of potential the Buffalo Bills can just get, even in the <laughs> at 30. Uh, it's insane. This episode is called Art of the Fall, before I get into anything else, right? Plenty of players will fall to Buffalo at 30. Edge rushers, running backs, cornerbacks, you name it, offensive tackles. We're gonna get into that. I did three mock drafts and I couldn't help but realize all of the potential. It, it's insane. It, and it's crazy, we, we're in a position now as, as Buffalo Bills fans where we're looking at our team and we're just like, we just want to stack it. We're not really going crazy trying to fill every single hole because we know we're going to be competitive next year, right? So it's like, okay, where do we have the most value going? And that's one thing I want to get into because for me, if I'm looking at the roster at large, I am saying, I, I don't really know who's going to fit until you know the season gets going. Like, yes, I, I love Travis. And I love Najee Harris, and I got other players I'm going to get into with uh, my three mocks I got into. But, you know, you, you got to look at this roster, and you got to believe. The Bills still have so much talent on the roster right now. And thankfully, we were able to resign who we needed to resign. Uh, you know, just got word that Dean Marlowe ended up, you know, that's depth, obviously, from the safety position going to Detroit. So what are the Bills really looking at now? Because, you know, we want to make sure... You know, a guy goes down, it's next man up. But there, there is a myth to that, isn't there? Right? This next man up thing, it really doesn't work like that in professional sports. Next man up is typically not that good. And, you know, you want to be able to stack the, posi the positions as much as you can, which is why you start seeing it, you know, all these signings the Buffalo Bills have been doing, especially on the offensive line. You're looking at how much change we had to go through just beginning the season and trying to get everyone healthy and fill these voids and trying to get the running game going. So, you know, we're going to get into what the Buffalo Bills may be looking into in these next, um, you know, in these next couple of weeks going into the draft. And I want to just focus this topic, art of the fall. What does that mean? It means this. When your hand is forced, you will show your true drafting colors as a franchise. Right now, you know, the Buffalo Bills are going to be forced basically to either take a, you know, a top 15 prospect in my opinion in track ETN and basically either take him or trade back. Like I really don't see a scenario where anyone else is worth taking at 30. You're basically taking in the beginning of the second round. It's basically what's happening. And so I want to get into my first mock here. I'm not going to waste any time because I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about, you know, where this offseason is going and what the Buffalo Bills should look into doing. So first things first is my first mock. I got, I'm just going to go down the list and I'm going to talk about just two prospects. 
All right, two prospects from this first mock, and I'm going to go through my three. So I got obviously. I say Travis because I just feel like we're going to get him. We're going to get him. You know, you know Travis Etienne, obviously, straight out of Clemson, running back. I think he's going at 30, guys. I think he's going to fall to us. And with the second pick, we got edge rusher out of Texas, Joseph Asai. I like him a lot. We're going to get into him. We're going to get into Travis Etienne. And then we're going to get into this guy, cornerback Elijah Griffin out of USC. Fourth, I had uh, a wide receiver, Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. Then I had interior offensive lineman out of Texas Tech, Jack Anderson. And then finally, I finished off the draft with tight end Noah Gray out of Duke. So obviously, we got to talk about Travis Etienne. We got to talk about him real quick. Give my two cents. So here's what I see as far as value goes. I think this guy's a playmaker. I think this guy gives a presence against a blitzing and just hybrid defense that's coming at Josh Allen. And let me tell you something right now. That is exactly what's happening inside the AFC East. That's all they're doing. Bill Belichick and, you know, obviously the coach right underneath him that ended up, you know, head coaching in Miami now, you know, Flores, that's what they're throwing at Josh Allen. They're throwing the kitchen sink sometimes. And if you do not have a guy out of the backfield who can threaten those guys from either he's going to pop a screen or he's just going to, you know, block and then hit off to the flat and you'll be able to dump it off to him you're basically becoming a pass one-dimensional. So whenever I talked about, you guys have been listening to me the last couple of weeks, whenever I talked about the Buffalo Bills getting the run game going, and you know, I, I just want a threat at the running back position. I want a guy that if all hell breaks loose and these guys are pulling jerseys and they're not calling it, you know, whatever have you, we got a guy who can either you know, get out to the flat and make something happen, help Josh Allen in pass protection, or maybe we can just do a draw play where we can get five to six yards to make them, you know, play off a little bit. That's what I think you get out of Travis Etienne. He's kind of reminiscent of Alvin Kamara. I keep seeing him, you know, just his early tape, and you know, it goes all the way through uh, up until his latest tape, and it just, I just see this just steady development and explosiveness that I think if the Buffalo Bills had at the running back position, could really ease off a lot of pressure on Josh Allen and more importantly, the wide receivers. So yeah, we can be pass heavy, but why not have a guy who's dynamic in the backfield? All right. So next we got edge rusher out of Texas, Joseph aside. We got to talk about this guy. You just get a notion. This guy has a knack for getting around to the football, popping it loose, making a highlight reel when it matters most. I see him picking off passes. I see him forcing fumbles. I see him sacking the quarterback, stuffing up the run. Now, he's slated like a linebacker, obviously, but he's an edge, right? This is a guy who you can probably put in as a rotational player with A.J. Epinesa to help maybe get that position on that other side to just develop uh, with some young blood that they're able to just kind of feed off each other's energy. And then the Buffalo Bills can choose down the line, hey, this is the guy we want to keep. And I think that was the issue when we had a guy like Shaq Lawson. We're, it's like this notion of like you have to invest so much into an edge player. I don't really think you should if you don't need to. If the Buffalo Bills can keep re-signing young talent at a reasonable price at that position and just have it rotate, you got to understand, edge rushers are literally dime a dozen in a draft. It's just very rare to find a guy who is a freak of nature. 
I think what the Buffalo Bills want is quality rotational players on the defensive line. And if they strike gold, okay, great. We re-sign him. Just like we struck gold with Matt Milano. Although that was not a Brandon Bean draft pick. We did see this is a guy who really works for the Buffalo Bills defense, especially in our nickel package. And I'm looking at what we needed against a team like KC. We just needed consistent pass rush. If you get a guy like Murray Williams, you get a guy like J.J. Watt, they're going to get double teamed and someone has to you know, make a play. But it's hard to get a, get a guy like that consistently in the building. So that's why the Buffalo Bills last year drafted in the second round A.J. Epinesa. Poor guy had to cut weight just to keep up with the speed. Maybe this is a guy who can fill that need to give the spark that the Buffalo Bills desperately need at the edge. All right, so the next guy. (laughs) Little did I know, this dude came from a baller pedigree. Y'all know that song. Come on. Driving with the top down. It's in the 90s. It's cool outside. Warren G's son. Guys, this kid from USC's no joke, Elijah Griffin. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up. CB2 is up for grabs. I want to see Dane Jackson get more play time, but I'm noticing Sean McDermott wants someone who can earn it in the run game, trusting the game plan, and like I said, it doesn't hurt being from a solid pedigree. Alright, so. If you watch his tape, one thing you're going to notice is that this guy, again, just like on the defensive line with, obviously, the second pick I got, Joseph Asai, he just makes his presence felt. And that's something that I think the Buffalo Bills really need at CB2. I don't want to take away anything from Dane Jackson or Levi Wallace, but I do think that Sean McDermott and you know Brandon Bean are looking at this position and they're just saying, what if we can find a guy? God forbid... Tredavious White goes down. He can step in and bring that same swagger. Maybe not the same explosiveness, you know, right off the bat that we got out of Tredavious White. You know, it's really hard to find a guy like that. But look, if this guy falls to the third pick for the Buffalo Bills, I'm just saying, I would not mind to see him in a Buffalo Bills uniform. Okay. So I'm having a lot of fun here, guys. Getting to the second mock here. At pick number 30, again, I have Travis Etienne out of Clemson. Next pick, I got Ronnie Perkins, Edge, out of Oklahoma. Next pick after that, got Cameron Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan. Next, I have Robert Rochelle, cornerback out of Central Arkansas. And this is someone I'm interested right here in big time at pick 174 here. Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver out of Auburn. And then from there, it goes into Malik Herring, interior defensive line out of Georgia, and finishes off uh, this second mock with Malcolm Koontz Edge from Buffalo. Let's make sure I can pronounce these names the best I can. (laughs) So I want to obviously get into three players out of this second mock here. I already talked about Travis Etienne, but you know, three guys that really caught my attention. But Ronnie Perkins out of he was Edge out of Oklahoma, Cameron McGrone, linebacker out of Michigan, and finally Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver out of Auburn. I'm going to start with Anthony Schwartz here. I'm going to go up the list here. So at 174, it was the fifth pick from the Bills here. This kid is quick. This dude has elite speed. As far as the other aspects of his game, can they be ironed out? I don't know. But what I do know is that it's possible 
to get the same production out of him that we got out of Isaiah McKenzie. Do I want to get rid of Isaiah McKenzie? No. Do I want a heavy workload from Isaiah McKenzie? No. Here's a dude who can get in and do the same thing Isaiah McKenzie does. Maybe he's not going to be too familiar with the game plan. I get it. But if you want to get a guy who maybe can help out in the punt return, who can help out on the swings, you know, whatever we need him to do to just get the defense confused and make them kind of scatter around and work the football to our playmakers, this is a guy who can do that for you. And also, if he gets the ball in the open field, he will burn someone. He is the fastest player in college football. Player, again, Cameron McGrone, 6'1", kind of weighing in around the 230 to 232-pound weight range. Here's a guy that I think is a good rotational player to give depth to Matt Milano. Matt Milano is obviously not going nowhere. But if you're telling me we're going to play a football team you know, next year that's going to require heavy rotation at the linebacker position, this is a guy you're probably going to look into to fit that void. Vosan Joseph, I don't know if he's still in the works for the Buffalo Bills. I really don't know what they want to do with the depth behind. I think they're going to do some shuffling around, and I think this guy could probably be the precursor to that. Now, what are his weaknesses? Looks like he doesn't really do a great job shedding blocks. And that's something that you look at a guy like Matt Milano. You look at a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. They are notorious for it. So maybe if that's something we can develop out of him, that'd be great. Just something I'm thinking about is rotation and scheme fit. I think this guy fits this, you know, being able to blitz, being able to manipulate coverages and do whatever the coaches ask him to do. I think at a decent rate, at a at a decent you know, level of play. This is a guy that I think can provide that. Fine. You know, we got Ronnie Perkins, edge out of Oklahoma. Any Sooners fans out there? I don't know. I'm not. (laughs) Here's a guy who really caught my eye. I feel like if you talk about immediate impact, this is a guy who can provide that for you. I think a lot of teams are looking into him. I'd say teams like the Falcons, uh, just teams that are really needing uh, some youth at the defensive edge Position and I think that's something that the Buffalo Bills need as well too. Uh, but I don't, <laughs> I don't foresee the Bills taking him over Joseph Asai. If Joseph Asai is there, but I am looking at what he's able to do, and it's just I think he's a gr- he could be a great backup who can eventually become a starter. Uh, you know, he made the All Big Twelve honors. Uh, he was a, a selectee, I think, in uh, 2019-2020, and you know. This is a dude that I think could be a really good fit for the rotation all over again. This is why I keep preaching this rotation, rotation, rotation. And, you know, we're talking about this whole thing, art of the fall, right? So I want to get into this real quick as well. Uh, talking about this pick here. This is a dude that you have to understand value. You have to understand waiting and having patience for guys that fit what you do. And I think that's something that is an art. I think that's something that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have basically mastered. They're really good at waiting to see how the board falls. They've traded up, they've traded back, they've done all kinds of things, and they really have mastered the art of what is letting a player fall to you. Little did we know. Think about this, guys. We are sitting with two captains on the Buffalo Bills squad right now 
and Josh Allen on the offensive side and Tremaine Edmonds on the defensive side. I know none of you out there believed that Josh Allen was going to fall to number seven, let alone Tremaine Edmonds falling mid-round to the Buffalo Bills as well. It is wild. It is a work of art. But that's how you build a team. Especially to keep competitive longevity. And this is what I'm getting at. There's, look, there's a lot of players that we can get into. There's a lot of players, and I'm, we're going to talk about the, you know, the last mock here in a minute, that you look at and we're just wondering, how are they going to fit? Will they be an immediate impact? You know, I, I think there is a power in patience that I believe this organization has learned. And they were forced to learn. Like Terry Pagula, when he think about this, when he took over this team, he realized this franchise, their their fan base have suffered long enough. And and the response that we gave him of, of you know wanting to keep the Bills in Buffalo provided him the perspective to build a dynasty with the right people that is built on patience. It's an art. And that's what the build, that's what the bills are building right now. And I'm looking at all these players in this draft. And let me tell you something right now. Like it is, (sighs) there's so much statistics, so much statistics that go into it. Like so much research that goes into it. There is an entire network built for the draft. There are a lot of players that deserve to be given a chance to prove themselves. And sometimes they get drafted by a team that literally drafts them and then just get, they just get thrown away. It happens all the time. And, you know, I'm thankful the bills are becoming a team that aren't willing to just throw away their draft picks. They are trying their absolute best to get all they can out of them. I feel like, and I think the bills are built and they're built to a point where they don't have to be hasty and they can rely on a player falling to them at the right price at the right time to fill the right need. There is no rush now. And it's all thanks to good drafting. They figured out how to let players fall to them. I will say, though, an underlying factor that really provides that perspective of allowing a player to fall basically into your lap is having the draft capital present at all times. Not liquidating your entire freaking draft picks you built up to just go in for someone that, quite frankly, isn't really going to benefit long term. Um, you're looking at maybe a guy that you're trying to get for immediate impact. And it just, some teams do that. And I mean, look at what happened with the LA Rams. Like they legitimately thought, and it almost worked, but it wasn't a long-term effect. It was a short-term effect when they drafted Jared Goff. He was literally the picture perfect guy you wanted at the quarterback position. And he, he still didn't work out for that team. Carson Wentz. The list goes on. We're starting to see a trend of there are 
completely dysfunctional organizations or organizations that are willing to take time to build something meaningful, meaningful, like players that players with a culture that will really fit. I feel like what's interesting is you ever, have you been noticing lately Carolina Panthers are almost trying to mimic the culture of the Buffalo Bills. And it's, it's, it's a recurring thing you're starting to see around the league where people are noticing what is actually going to last Is it going, you know, (laughs) three first round picks in to get the guy you think is your future? Name one guy that worked doing that for. I I literally, literally, they haven't lasted a decade. The quarterbacks you see right now that are running this league, even after the age of 30, were just simply drafted. They fell in their freaking lap. Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers retired, Tom Brady. Like you're seeing, long term is built on waiting and having patience for a player to literally fall in your lap. I feel like Patrick Mahomes literally fell in Kansas City's lap. I feel like Josh Allen literally fell in the Buffalo Bills lap. Even to this day, I still believe Ben Roethlisberger fell into the Pittsburgh Steelers lap. You don't get a long-term fix by going, you know, breaking the bank, per se, with draft picks to make it happen. It just doesn't work. All right, so let's get into this last mock here. Getting a little philosophical there. Having fun. <laughs> Travis Etienne falls again. But this one was different, guys. This one was different. It was difficult, okay? The more I looked at Najee Harris's tape, the harder it has become to continuously pick Travis Etienne at 30. But I still feel like Travis Etienne fits the Buffalo Bills scheme better. So yes, at number 30, Travis Etienne still goes. Second pick there, we got Baron Browning, linebacker out of Ohio State. And then I go interior offensive line right after that pick with Trey Smith out of Tennessee. I really like that guy. We're going to talk about him. Next pick, I got Ambry Thomas, cornerback out of Michigan. Next pick, I got Jonathan Cooper, edge out of Ohio State. I'm going to try to pronounce this next guy the best I can. Wide receiver out of Illinois, Josh Emetterhebe. And finally, I finished off with Carlo Kemp, interior defensive line out of Michigan. Okay, so look, I am of the belief that I do not care how many people the Buffalo Bills sign for the offensive line. We continuously, every single year, if a guy's there that fits, need to draft an offensive lineman. I don't care if it's at the tackle position. I don't care. I don't care if we have we've had the same center for the last 10 years. We need a guy who can continuously fit. And you know, here's a guy in Trey Smith in the interior off, uh, offensive line out of Tennessee that I actually I, I can't get over him. So Let's talk about the run game real quick before we get into this guy. We are very quick 
to completely blame a running back for not being dynamic enough, not fitting the scheme enough, and not being the long-term solution. Whether if it's rotational or whatever, I don't care. Fact of the matter is that the Buffalo Bills have had issues on the interior offensive line. And this is a position that I think every single year is going to have to get evaluated. Because linebackers are getting faster, stronger. They're doing literally what cornerbacks are doing now. And they're affecting the run game. This is why everyone's passing the football now. These dudes are too fast and they're too big for a, a, you know, a traditional running game to really get going regularly. Now, it could pop off like you've seen in the Super Bowl with Leonard Fournette. You see you know, in the playoffs with different players, you have it, right? But I think that the guard position, I think it's, it has to get hit this year. And I think Trey Smith, this dude, he's a guard out of Tennessee as a senior. Height, you know, he's six. So, you know, weighs 312 pounds, a wingspan of 83. And <laughs> I mean, this dude's huge. His hands are 10 inches. I mean, his arms are, you know, close to 34 inches long. So this is a guy that I really think, gosh, I, I hope he doesn't fall to a team like Kansas City. Like, this is a guy I really want. I want to see just set that nasty attitude that we get out of Feliciano. And, you know, we're talking about Cody Ford. God, you got to love that kid. You got to love his heart. You got to love what he brings to the table. And I respect him. And I don't want to get rid of him. I just really think that if he goes down again, we need a better insurance policy. We cannot afford our offensive line to get as dinged up as it did last year. And I'm going to be very real with you. I don't know if Mitch Morse makes it through next year. He's had, I think, close to five concussions at this point in his career. He's at the point where I think he may end up retiring mid-season. He took a pay cut. What if he just quits? He retires before the season starts. We got to have, we have to have a plan ready. I think the plan would be, obviously, to put Mongo in the center and get a guy at the guard position to be able to fill in. Like, we want the running game to get going. Whoever it is, if it's Travis Etienne or if it's going to be a Singletary again uh, with Zach Moss and we're trying to do a rotation, I don't know. But fact of the matter is that we need to have consistency out of the interior of the offensive line because we have one cut backs on the roster right now. They cannot get outside. They're not fast enough. They make one guy miss, they go down. Maybe not Zach Moss, but... You know, Zach Moss got injured. You know, eventually, you know, the way he played took a toll on him in the NFL. Someone hit him pretty good, took him out of the game, ended his season. We need guys who are explosive, who are patient with their feet. And I think this guy, he just, he just fits. He's, a, he's one of the highest rated offensive linemen out of the NFL draft right now. Here's my take on that guy. You know, next guy here I want to get into is Baron Browning out of Ohio State. This dude's the real deal. All right, he comes from a really good school, obviously. He has great instincts. I mean, this, and also, he lays the lumber down. 
I mean, this guy can hit. When's the last time we had a linebacker who just, you know, pops someone and pushes them backfield? I don't remember. We got we got very dynamic guys, don't get me wrong. But if I'm looking at Tremaine Edmonds and I'm looking at Matt Milano, I don't see them as guys who, you know, they can lay somebody out. This is a guy I think can basically just give that nasty grit at the linebacker position the Buffalo Bills have been longing for since Takeo Spikes. That's what I see out of him. I see a dude, you know, if you're if he's going to sit in cover two and you're going to want to throw that stupid drag route, he's going to make somebody pay. And he's also really good at blitzing. I saw him, um, you know, obviously in the championship and you know, forced the fumble. His fumble sack, he got the football himself. Like, he has a knack for the football, um, you know, finding it, being around it, you know, sticking into the game plan. And again, this is a guy that I think is a great rotational player, a guy who you can bring in and out of the game to give our main guys rest. Let's, for example, say we are literally just destroying a team. Wouldn't it be nice to consistently, you know, if we're going to be playing like that, just take our starters out midway through the game? Also, maybe a guy who gives, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and Milano a little bit of rest to be able to, co- co- you know, cover guys like Gisecki. And more importantly, especially if we're gonna, they're going to be running that double tight end set out of New England now with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. We need a guy at the linebacker position who can keep up. I think Matt Milano can. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, Tremaine Edmonds can. But if they're going to be manning the ship the entire, you know, season, we need guys who can do what they do. And I think this is a guy who can do that. Look, and this guy's no joke, right? He's 6'3", 241 pounds. He's a senior. He, he's coming straight out of Ohio State. Let's just give him a shot. What's the worst that can happen? It just, I, you know, he fits the ideal 4'3". Like, if we're talking about him over A.J. Klein, do you take him over A.J. Klein? Maybe. Maybe we can then run a more standard 4-3 defense like we're built on and not these two linebacker sets out of a nickel that, yeah, I think it's great. But if we got a guy who can help cover linebackers who can really help in the run game, help in the pass game at the same time too, like that's why we have a 4-3 defense, is it not? Otherwise, we're better off just running a 3-4. This is a guy that I think really helps out with gap control. And he can blitz. That's what the Bills need. And I think this is a guy who can do that. All right, finally, I got to talk about this guy. He, <laughs> yo, this guy, reminiscent of Duke Williams, right? And I, I pronounced his name incorrectly. I'm going I'm to say it again. Josh Imaterbibi. It, look, he, he, <laughs> this guy, it, it, he makes me chuckle because this dude plays bigger than his size, man. He's, he's every single thing that I'm watching from him is just he is able to do the contested catch fourth and 14 in the red zone one-on-one you name it against the best guy I I liked I liked what I saw against uh, Iowa State I mean this guy went up in the air and they literally called it incomplete because they couldn't believe how quick he was able to get up there get back down get his foot down he this guy has explosiveness right off the bat deep speed um you know sometimes you can you can see he may not have the explosiveness off off of the line, but, um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, maybe look, if the needs are filled cornerback running back edge, and this guy's sitting there, I'm thinking about taking him. 
I'm thinking about taking him. I love Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis is the future of the Buffalo Bills. Do not get me wrong. But the same way you have rotational players on the defensive side, you need that on the offensive side. Emmanuel Sanders is up there in age. I think he's going to provide a very solid threat at the wide receiver position. But if we're starting to get, you know, you know, heavy pass, we're going to need more wide receivers. And why not? Now we got Isaiah Hodgins, obviously. They got their eyes on him, but what if this guy, you know, maybe I think he makes a practice squad at the least because we're going to give Isaiah Hodgins, uh, you know, a shot here next year, in my opinion. I think that's what's going to happen. I think we activate him, you know, in a couple of games. But, you know, look, we, we just have to be prepared for the worst. The Buffalo Bills have been, I think, excellent as far as controlling, you know, players, at, you know, making sure they're, you know, playing safe, making sure, you know, they're, they're in position where they're not trying to, you know, get themselves injured. I think the Buffalo Bills, have been, they've just been able to dodge injury, I think, better than any team in the NFL. <laughs> they've been doing a great job. But, you know, look, we need more depth. We lost John Brown. We are betting that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the guy to go at wide receiver two. We're going to have Gabe Davis maybe getting some reps there too. We don't know how that's all going to transpire. But what I do know is long-term, we need more answers at wide receiver. Cole Beasley's getting older. We need, we need to figure out what we're going to be doing relatively soon because there ain't going to be another Cole Beasley in, in free agency as far as I can see. Unless we get a guy like Julian Edelman. <laughs> Which, I don't know. I've always kind of been of the thought. Maybe, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a hot take. You know, Julian Edelman would be good, a good fit for the Buffalo Bills. That's just me. That's just me. I've always liked him. <laughs> he hates Buffalo, you know, whatever. I don't care, man. I, I just think a guy like him would fit. So, getting a little off topic here. Sorry, I'm having fun. Guys, that's where I'm at, right? That's what I got. Right now, I think the Buffalo Bills are, I think they're set up great. <laughs> I think we have plenty of picks uh, to be able to really make a, you know, a solid push when the season comes around at another playoff run. Uh, you know, guys that can fit, guys that can, you know, fall at, you know, value targeted times. And we also have, we do have enough capital. If we want to potentially move up for whatever reason, we can still do that. Uh, you know, let me, let me just put it to you straight though, real quick. There ain't no way in hell that someone's mock draft is going to be over 20% correct. There's no way. There's no way. There are too many players. There are too many scenarios. It's just fun. (laughs) This is just fun. And I know the last couple of weeks I talked about, you know, I'm going to get in one week in the defensive ends. The next week, the running back. Look, the more I kept doing mock drafts, the more I kept running into players where I'm just like, you know what? Until the draft starts, I am just going to talk about guys that I think could fit and how they could fit. Now, we may not get any of these guys, right? But it's nice to get some perspective on potentially what the Bills, you know, need and how they're going to fill them. Let me finish off with a thought here, because obviously we're going to get into next season, and the one game that's going to be the demon that is constantly going to be you know in the back of our heads, we're playing them again next year. We're playing Kansas City. Correct me if I'm wrong. Look, we're facing Kansas City again. We need to address positions that are going to help against the short 
yardage downs. I can't tell you how many times I kept seeing the Buffalo Bills get torched on third and shorts, fourth and shorts, and I'm just looking at my, I'm just looking at the clock. I'm looking at you know the squad, and I'm just kind of like, dude, what is it going to take to have one guy, one guy, to make a play when those downs happen? You go to the offensive side. The offensive line could not stop the blitz against the Chiefs on third down. And we also didn't have a running back who can leak out after pass protecting to maybe, you know, gain some yards. Devin Singletary is not that guy. Zach Moss, maybe, if he ends up developing next year. But I I just, look, I'm going to be very honest with you. I am not convinced. I personally am not convinced because of who's in the draft that the Buffalo Bills are not looking at upgrading the running back position. But look, I told you my mocks, but look, there's three running backs we're going to be looking at that could potentially fall to number 30. You got Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. This dude, Javante Williams is a junior, 5'10", 220 pounds out of North, uh, University of North Carolina. Let me tell you something right now. Like This guy, <laughs> he put up over 1,000 yards rushing. He was 7.3 yards per attempt, 19 touchdowns on the ground. He's no joke. Now, is UNC a team that we're looking to watch all the time, you know, when they're on TV? Like, you know, like we're probably not looking forward to watching that, but this guy still shined. And this guy's highly rated as well. But again, people want to talk about his 40 time. I get it. I get it. There are a lot of great players, though, who have had a horrible 40 time. And that ruined their draft capital. But if this guy falls, let's, okay, let's hypothetically say, let's hypothetically say, ETN's gone. Nigel Harris is gone. This guy's available at 30. I'm trading back. I'm trading back. And I'm betting someone doesn't take him. And I'm betting I can get him late in a second or in a third round. If need be. There are options, people. And you see a guy like him, it's just his, his, his attempts, you know, his yards went up, uh, you know, his touchdowns went up. It's just, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to scheme fit, you know, his vision, change of direction, contact balance. How does he do when he gets hit? That's something we like about Devin Singletary, pass protection, you know, catching out of the backfield. Let's be real for a second. If you want to be a three-down back in the NFL today, the NFL requires a running back who can do it all, everything, because it is not a running league. You want to get a big, fat contract? You basically have to play like Alvin Kamara. Todd Gurley is irrelevant now, and that was fast. what the Bills are probably looking at in Travis Etienne. But again, what if that value isn't really there? You bet your ass I believe it is. (laughs) All right? I believe it's there. But guys, it's been an honor once again to have you on Buffalo, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at BuffHub. You know, I'm going to be covering for the next couple of weeks, obviously, just like the rest of the fellas and ladies on Buffalo Rumblings. 
all of the happenings leading up to the draft. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you listen to all the shows these next couple of weeks because we are going in, we are going hard, and we love Bills Mafia. Hang in there until the season starts. Go Bills.